right, everyone, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. What a privilege it is to be back with you here in 2022 as we continue to try and start the year strong. I hope if anyone made New Year's resolutions or new goals, hope those are off to a good start. And as we are making our way slowly through this winter here we have in the Midwest, in the States, sometimes we can fall prey very quickly to, I don't know, depression's not the right thing, but just getting into a rut because the long dark of winter is yet ahead, and it's a long way until many of us get another holiday that we so greatly enjoy at Good Friday. So it's a long way there, but we will get through it together. And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of weird. I like the cold. I like the snow. So for me, this isn't this is actually a great time of year. My birthday is in February, so that kind of helps break up the monotony sometimes. But in any case, I hope uh, this winter is treating you well as we've just gotten over the time of Advent and we are moving towards you know, Lent. It can be difficult to remain focused. So one of the things that I've been going back over with my congregation in the last few weeks is things that we want to study more in 2022. I came into the church in October, or technically end of September 2020, and then I had all 2021 with with them, and God kind of led us back to kind of a foundation era. You know, the church had just left the United Methodist denomination. We were setting up our own bylaws, our own doctrine manual, and, and filling new positions, and I just, for the sake of not knowing them, and they themselves wanting to dive deeper into scripture. They, we went and just laid a greater foundation on uh, topics on, on with apologetics and a lot of foundational theology was really the main point of it all. And as we got through 2021, I'm thinking, okay, new year, it's a good start. What what's on people's minds? And and so I had them actually split up a couple of Sundays ago, and they split up into these little small groups of four and five people. And I asked them about, like, what were their spiritual lessons in 2021? Um, what is something, you know, that they learned about themselves, each other, about God, about the Bible, so on and so forth? And then I asked them a second question, which was, what is something that they're still struggling with? What is, what is like, on their mind? What is, what is a burden that they have? And then the third thing is, what do they want to look forward to, to learning in, in 2022? And... With that, that's kind of where I've based a lot of my approaches at the beginning of the year. For a lot of people, they view it as a reset. It is a flip of the calendar for sure. And we can put an, a year behind us that was full of a lot of uh, tumultuous events, a lot of sadness. And you know, personally, I was really happy to turn the book on 2021. It was a in a, in a good way, a humiliating year. Uh, not as like I was personally shamed, not that type of thing, but at the process of humiliation, when we think about when we repent, we're brought to our knees. Um, it was a realization that I had been relying far too much upon men and um, the men of this world, um, not, just, not just men, but like men and women, like the human relationships rather than God's. Not that the human relationships aren't important by no means. It's where am I setting my foundation in my spiritual life? Are they going to be in men which change with, you know, the tossing of the wind, or is it going to be on God, you know, the cornerstone, Christ? And that, that was that was part of it. So I, I'm glad that at least I had a d- dose of that, and I'm also eager to move on myself. So one of the topics 
as I digress from that, is was brought up by one of my board members, actually, was what does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? I'm like, well, if I could answer that question, I probably would have written a book by now, right? <laughs> or something. I don't know. The answer is I don't know. I think we're all chasing this. I, I had a, my D group this past Thursday, which some of you may know those guys, and we were just sharing some of our burdens, and a couple of us are pastors in there, and one of my friends, uh, Pastor Adam Deckard, he was just sharing that, you know, his burden on, on, on this this like similar topic. And I'm thinking, man, if we're struggling with this, we can't blame the congregates for not knowing if we as the leaders don't know, right? Not that we're supposed to have all the answers. God is supposed to guide us. We're not supposed to know everything, but gosh, sometimes I wish it would, sometimes I wish it'd be a little bit easier to, to discern the will of God. But I think that's because if it was easy, everyone would do it, but also I think it's supposed to be difficult because it's a constant emptying of yourself. And for many of us, our first inclination is to preserve and think of ourselves first. But when I was asked, like, okay, what what makes a disciple? I'm like, okay, well, the first thing I think of is John chapter 6. You have all these people that are following Jesus after the feeding of the 5,000. You have these miraculous stories um, in, in the gospel passages about Jesus then walking on water, you know, demonstrating his divinity and full power to not just his disciples, but to many people. And then after all of that, he asked people, like, people, you know, are wanting bread to eat, but I've come, I'm the bread of life. Those who uh, consume me will never hunger again. And at the end of all of that passage, people didn't like that. And they decided not to follow him, follow him anymore. Even after witnessing, and this is what's difficult, is even after witnessing the power and understanding what he said, like, wow, this guy's miraculous. I mean, you're seeing something you've never seen before, and you're witnessing power like you've never seen before. What in the world would make you turn away from following it? Was it because they realized they couldn't get any lunch anymore? Was it that they still wanted to be the masters of their own lives. It's the fact that he was claiming to, you know, be something greater. Verse 57 of John chapter six says, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he who eats me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the father's ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. That's a miraculous claim. That's kind of like, that's what's funny about anyone who thinks Jesus was a fraud. It's like, okay, well, yeah, anyone could, you know, you could posit a theory. Anyone could claim to be divine. That's not the question. It's how do you meaningfully sustain that claim? And we have documents that go beyond a Holy Scripture that document the life and time of Christ. And of course, once people realize they can't get, no longer get something out of somebody, a lot of people who just have a self-interest and narcissistic tendency will no longer need to have that person around. You're nothing more than a commodity to be used and consumed and then discarded thereafter, right? And so when I look at look at the fundamental difference, I mean, this is a short podcast, but between disciple and follower, I guess my question I would have to ask somebody is that, is there a point in your life where you can imagine getting to where you no longer need Jesus? Where he's just enough now, you don't need any more of him? 
but you've been following him for the majority of your life. Yeah, you're a follower. To a point, just like these people were. Right? Verse 59. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So he's at the height of, of the thinking process. He's amongst these people and the teachers of the law. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? He's talking to his disciples now. What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Therefore, you get a greater revelation that these are many of his disciples. Well, once you turn away, you're no longer a disciple. You were just a follower. See, the New Testament, to disciple means to teach, train, or discipline. You can do all of that, but are you a disciple of somebody if you're no longer with them? You could say in the past tense, I was, but I no longer am. And the, the 12 disciples minus one, they remained faithful to Jesus, except for no, they didn't. They all abandoned him. So then you have to ask yourself, the difference between a follower and a disciple of Christ, one of the distinctions is that you can get to a point where you no longer need them. Being a disciple doesn't mean you're infallible. It doesn't mean that you can be somewhat ashamed to be associated sometimes. You could feel bad about it and even abandon the cause. But what, do you come back? Do you come back? These disciples came back and it required a lot of humility to do so. A lot of humility. That's our response. That's why it's a discipleship process. We don't just ascend to level 100 like in a video game and then we know what we've maxed out our skill tree or whatever and that's it. There's no more learning to be done. That's not true. That's such a lie. So what I would encourage you to do is read the entirety of John chapter 6 if you want to start seeing some clues and ask yourself why... Why am I following Jesus? Or why am I a disciple of Christ? Why? To what end? Is it to my own end or to ultimately bring glory to God? Anyway, those are just a few questions. Thank you for joining us this week. I greatly appreciate it. Continue to follow us, support us on SoundCloud, our hosting site. Look for updates on Facebook, follow our YouTube channel, and wherever you get your podcasts. With that being said... May God bless you, and may God keep you.